Welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. The Matildas are back in town. It's the O Canada Tour unofficially. That's just what I've dubbed it. And therefore, we have lots to talk about. Previewing these games, having a look-see at the squad. There's been some big inclusions considering the last squad we took to a couple of Matildas games. So plenty to talk about. Lots of exciting stuff. Before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. I must say, the most exciting part of this here podcast is the fact that for the first time since May, all four members of the Far Post will be taking part in this podcast. So today we have me, Marissa Lordanik, Sam Lewis, Anna Harrington and Angela Christian Wilkes. (laughs) We're back, baby. We did it. What a low bar to set for our audience. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but literally, like I was scrolling through Spotify and I was like when was the last time all of our names was in a little description box and from memory it was May 23 so it was a little while ago. So ago some things have happened some things have changed some stuff has happened but we're all here we're all ready to talk some Tilly yeah. so let's crack into it like I said two games against Canada one in Brisbane one in Sydney all of the big names, the usual faces, have returned to this squad after the Spain and Portugal games back uh, a little bit earlier this year. So let's talk about the squad. There is a big return in there. So let's start with her. Chloe Legazzo, after doing her knee in September against Ireland in the game we do not speak of, she has returned to the national team fold which is really, really exciting. Sam, you had a little chat to her. You had a piece up on ABC. How big is this for, I suppose, the Tillies and for her as well to be finally back in the fold after a shitty injury? Yeah, it's great. Isn't it fabulous to see her back? It's just in, I think the biggest thing is the energy that she's bringing back to this team. This is a team that has gone through a lot in the year that she has sort of been on the sidelines. And I think it's always a, a really um, a really nice sort of change of pace to have someone like Chloe who is fabulous coming back in injecting some new energy some new perspective as well um you know it's one of the uh, I think the most valuable things about the the chat that we had with her which is that you know in the time that she has had off she has sort of been able to position herself on the outside of the bubble and really get a better understanding of not only the Matildas, but also the people who love the Matildas, fans of the Matildas, critics of the Matildas. Um, and I think by virtue of that, being able to bring some of those thoughts in back inside the tent could actually be really valuable for the team and for the coaching staff as well in terms of the way that they communicate with the public, in terms of the decisions that they make, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked for her. Um, she is almost definitely not going to play. This is basically just to bring her back into the fold getting her up to speed on um, the various sorts of routines that go into match days, into into the tactics, into all that sort of stuff, um, because she's only just returned to club football for Kansas City. So she's not uh, anywhere near the level of international football just yet. But in, uh, reincorporating her, I think, is really important. And she's clearly part of Gustafsson's plans going forward as well. So, yeah, so it's great to see her back. Um, and it's really nice to see like on social media, like all the gals clearly really missed her. Like she's sort of, she rocked up and she got all these hugs from people. And like, you can just sort of tell that there's a quite a different energy to this camp and, and to this particular international window than there has been over the last couple. So yes, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. 
just excited, Sam, that I didn't have to go full I was right. I think this time I've, I've won everyone over. We're all convinced <laughs> Chloe Lagarde has to be there when fit. And it is, it is fantastic, as you say, Sam, the reception for her. She's such a popular member of that team and squad and such a long-serving member as well. But I like what you said about the energy, Sam. We know that she brings that. Um, she's got that bit of bite about her. Almost like a yeah. bit of a terrier just gets around and just do- doesn't stop. And I think when you look at some of the goals the Matildas have conceded in friendlies, uh, Asian Cup, that sort of thing, this over the course of this year that um, Legazo has been out, I reckon you'd be pretty safe to say. I don't think it's a grand statement to say some of those we're not conceding if Chloe Legazo is on the field because you only have to look at her in the nil old draw, for example, against the US at the Olympics, where she just gets those little nipping lunges in in time to stop Alex Morgan, you know, getting a one on one. She just gets back. She has the biggest engine going around. I remember a couple of years ago writing a piece um, where Alan Stadich said she ran the sort of similar case to, you know, like men's champions league midfielders, like a Jordan Henderson, for example. It was along those lines. She just goes and goes and goes and she's versatile. You can put her on the wing. You can put her in midfield. We, we know she's pitched in as a fullback where needed. Just that versatility, that grit. Um, and I love what you said about that extra bit of perspective, Sam, from being outside of the bubble, having been a player who is so consistently um, a part of it, like has just been almost ever present when she's not injured. Mm. And she's had to overcome a few of those little injuries now. So I think huge lift just having a player like that around the group. Hopefully in two months' time we see a similar situation with Elise Kellen-Knight, who's back playing. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but I think getting a player like Legazo in just does a heap and, also in terms of her age bracket, she fits perfectly um, between those sort of more senior players and some of the young ones that have come through. And, yeah, it just it just gives a lift at a time where, you know, it's one of the first sort of camps they've had without Ellie Carpenter in the mix. They've only they've not played too many senior camps without her. To get someone like Legazo back in is huge, even if, as you say, Sam, we, we can't expect her to really feature much, if at all. You know, she might get a few minutes. Um, very minimal off the bench, but... Yeah, it's just a huge lift, right? And it, it's a player that is going to be in that squad come 2023. And, yeah, hopefully also gives a, an Ellie Carpenter, who's just seemingly powering through her rehab, the belief that she can well and truly get back with time to spare too. So mm. it's it's exciting. It's, and it is just exciting to see the band sort of back together as well. Like you want to see a strong team play Canada who are the Olympic champions. It's, you know, after that sort of letdown of not being able to see the best go at it against Spain. It's, it's good to see that you're getting some quality back in there. Just on the video that you mentioned, Sam, of obviously all the girls welcoming Chloe back in, my favourite was M. Gilnick. You know, they had the really beautiful yeah. moment where M. Gilnick just got engaged, so there yeah, was lots of congratulations, right. and it is a big congratulations from all of us to M and her fiancé. But then I just love Chloe's giving her a big hug. I missed you, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, but why is the room messy already? Because they are rooms on <laughs> camps regularly. And I just loved just airing that out there. M. Gilnick, very messy person, and Chloe Lagarza was like, but why already? We've been in camp for like a day. How has this happened? So... Thoroughly enjoyed that little bit of content on the Matilda's social media. Like I said, generally speaking, no surprises in this squad. The ones that I suppose are a little bit interesting, we've got Princess Abini in for Hayley Razo, who is uh, rehabbing an ankle injury. Kaya Simon wasn't selected at all. Again, an ankle injury. So she's doing all her rehab back in England with Tottenham. That means the only players who kind of aren't in, 
high level European or US leagues are Abini, Courtney Vine and Larissa Crummer who have been playing in local leagues down here. So Angela, I suppose, are there any, is there anyone in the squad that you are super excited to see or want to highlight or just have a little chat about? Because it is exciting that we will get to see kind of a more full strength Matilda's side than we did last time around, but anyone that you want to talk about specifically? Um, I'm, when I look at this squad list, I'm like, wow, we sure do have a lot of midfielders, um, which has like been always been the case. Right. But I think just because we, we do have this full strength side coming back and we've got folks like Legazo as well. Um, as Sam said, she won't be getting minutes necessarily, but she's still, still on that list. Um, Chits, I'm very excited about the fact that she's making yeah. a return into the squad. Same. Yeah, I think, um, and she's been playing really consistently at Racing Louisville. And obviously I think this is a great moment for her to sort of re, is it reinstate, restate, reaffirm, emphasize, reestablish, all of those things. Um, what she showed last time when she was playing for the Matildas. When was that? That was a while ago. Against New Zealand, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she so, uh, broke her nose and had the concussions and all that, which is why she missed the Spain games. <laughs> which is also like, speaking of social media, I'm like full props to to Chids for like really leaning into all the absurdity around all those kinds of injuries. Like when she came back to training for for Louisville when she was wearing the mask, she had like a a sign on her front that said like "Don't kick at me" or something. <laughs> I just love her. It was like She's the like, uh, Instagram versus reality, where it's like the the nose guard that's like your LeBron, your LeBron James sorts have had, and then she just just got like the most medical, like <laughs> terrifying looking version, <laughs> not sports friendly at all. The other one was Alana Kennedy when she had the Batman look. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's like the Phantom of the Opera. It's crazy. I don't think I could do it. Oh, I was talking pre pod. I've I've started. I'm on a journey with contact lenses and and. Re- Sam was like, what about goggles? And I'm like, mm, I'm goggles. not good enough. Sports to... glasses? Nathan Cox style? Uh, yeah. It's, it's not happening. It's not <laughs> happening. Um, I think I'd just rather not be able to see than, than wear goggles. But <laughs> and, anyway, anyway, that's off topic. Um, Chidiac. Very excited um, to see her. Um, like, like I said, it is a kind of that midfield list is quite extensive. So I am intrigued to see who will be deployed in a more defensive role. I'm expecting Gori as well. She's like been on fire um, for the national team recently. So to see her come back and, and do that all over again, basically I'm just like, hopefully everyone comes back and just does more of the same from what we've seen recently. Um, someone who might have actually a lot to prove is Gilnick. Um being in this squad so that'll be interesting she hasn't been getting a whole bunch of minutes um or she didn't at the Asian Cup from memory so um yeah I don't know it's all looking very positive it looks very strong on paper Grant has a big role to fill though looking at this squad because if she's not at right back then it's kind of like a, a and we don't have Rasa either yeah who can, who can do it um not necessarily my first preference for a second preference as a right back but um you'd be looking at a sort of temporary solution there so yeah 
I guess the, those are the the three, Grant, Chids, and Gori for me that I'd be keeping an eye on. But Wheeler as well. Wheeler, I just. Yes. Uh, there's so many, just all those like names that are kind of like in and amongst it and just coming back into it who have a lot to prove. They're kind of exciting. See, I'm at the other end, Angela. I'm keen to see some proven players do their thing after not having so many big names in those games against mm. um, Spain and Portugal. Charlie Grant, I thought, actually really impressed in those games, given it was, especially against Spain, a defence under siege. Um, I think she she's shown a bit and she'll get first crack at right back again, you'd think. Um, I'm excited to see Caitlin Ford and Mary Fowler. Uh, mm. I think Caitlin Ford's been in really good pre-season form at Arsenal, scoring goals. And it's just for her these last couple of years, it's been translating that form over to national team level. Um, of course, you're always excited to see Sam Kerr, but Sam Kerr does Sam Kerr things. She's having a, a good pre-season as well. Um, but I feel like especially with Fowler just you know, coming off her first taste of things with City. She scored a goal, I think, the other week and she's, you know, started a little bit here and there. Um, it'd be interesting to see how she's deployed. Um, I know she sees herself as more of that 10 creative player and you'd think that's where she's been used a lot, so could well be worked in there again. But, yeah, I, th- I think seeing how Ford and Fowler and obviously Kerr um, go against a Canada team that, is missing some of its first choice defenders and which has prided itself. And despite that has prided itself on its defense, you know, that was the the cornerstone of its Olympic campaign. Mm. That was what they won everything off, which is not particularly fun, but you know, winning gold medals is fun. So there you go. Um, So that's, that's why I'm excited to see. I want to see how uh, this team can go in terms of breaking down a team where there is expectation. Like this is a game where the Matildas, you know, you're on home soil. You've got to go in expecting to win. They're going to have to go in and attack. Um, Canada are very defensively disciplined. They're very well drilled under Bev Priestman. We know mm-hmm. that. So if, that's what I'm excited to see is how some of these players can can really break down this team. We know that when you throw Courtney Vine on as a substitute, she can create a bit. Princess Avini showed a bit um, against Portugal, obviously. Um, but I think it's key to those sorts of players. And when the likes of Chidiak or Cooney Cross get an opportunity to come into that midfield, what they can actually do to help break things down. Um, and I guess that's that's what particularly excites me. And I think that's also where the game's going to be won, right? Like it's what it's a classic, um, I don't want to say an <laughs> unstoppable force and movable object because neither of those things are true. But like it's a it's a team that's very, very much prides itself on its defense versus a team that has an absolutely potent attack in terms of Sam Kerr, Caitlin Ford, etc. And what and how they actually structure up and whether you know we we saw in the Asian Cup at times how Australia's and we've talked about this ad nauseum I think when Australia struggles to break down good defenses, albeit in a friendly setting, this is a perfect opportunity to try and do that, right? Yeah, and, and it's going to be really curious as well now that we know uh, that Canada are not bringing effectively their entire first choice back line whether that's going to affect Tony's decision-making in terms of the squad as well. Like going through this list, I'm I'm really excited to see Courtney Vine because I feel like Courtney Vine has so many more levels that she can get to. And if she comes up against a team where she is told to attack them, she seems like the kind of player similar to Hayley Rasso who will do that and will probably find that she can do better maybe than the current level that she's playing. So yeah, knowing that Hayley Rasso now is is injured and so Princess has been sort of called in, like, but on that right wing, I reckon that's, if it's not an Emily Gilnick, it'll probably be a Courtney Vine and that's really exciting to me. Um, but yeah, like now that we 
are not going to be facing the likes of a Kadisha Buchanan uh, and Ashley Lawrence, you know, the, the players who have been part of this Canada back line for years and years and years um, and who are some of the best defenders in the world, what that is going to look like for the Matildas and how they're going to change, if anything, if they're going to change at all. Maybe they won't and maybe it'll be great and it'll just be a, a test for Canada. And Bev Priestman did say, um, I think it was yesterday, that you know this is the time to start preparing for the World Cup mm-hmm. and we're going to actually start to bring through some other players who we could use on the fringes. So similar to you know what Tony's been doing for the past 18 months, just by virtue of the fact that they don't have a bunch of, you know, they're, they're sort of the key players with them at the moment. So, yeah, who knows? Canada could maybe um, sort of not be as as um, as solid defensively as maybe what we're anticipating by virtue of the absence of those players, which would be good for us, but it also means that we have to capitalise on that. Sam, can I throw a wild card in for your right winger? Go for it. If, if she gets game time, Kara Cooney-Cross. That's where she played her best football from Melbourne mm. Victory last year was when she had to effectively play as a winger and that was where she actually dominated games. I, I, don't, think we, I don't think six is her position. I think we have far too many uh, players who can do it better. Um, I think if she's playing, it's as an attacking option or not at all. I think you need I agree, like that to but I don't it. think the wing. I don't think well, the wing. I think she's better I as agree with Sam. <laughs> but she did play it, but it is an option is what I'm saying. Like if Emily Gilnick no. isn't able to you know, prove what she can do. I like Courtney Vine as a right winger as well. But if you're getting a player like this involved, we do have a lot of creative midfielders is my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you got Gorry who will be used at six at times. Um, you've obviously got Fowler who is being used as sort of that floating 10. Um, I don't think Kara Cooney cross at six is the answer. And I definitely don't think she's no. the answer against Canada. Um, no. Who, are, you know, they're strong. They're tough. They're... And they are pretty potent. They have some potent attackers. We do we do talk about how they are sort of, you know, got that defensive bedrock, but they've got some creativity there. Like Jesse Fleming is the obvious um, answer there, someone who can create, who makes you accountable, who can score goals, who can create, like, and it's tough. Like, they're, they're going to be difficult. So we're going to have to be somewhat solid defensively as well because, you know, they've got some potency there as well. So that's that's why I throw um, a Cooney cross in there as an option. Angela, yeah, looking sceptical. Well, I'm just a little bit worried about our defence because, like, from what I saw of the little I saw of Canada at CONCACAF, it, they did look to be more, I guess, um, free-flowing in their attack. Um, I yeah. guess we really associate them with, like, just bombing it, bombing it in a lot of the time they've got you know, with the speedy wingers or whatever. But then, like, a player like Grosso in their midfield, she's never scored for the national team before and she banged in three um, at CONCACAF. And, like, Fleming is just getting better and better all the time. Janine Becky's, like, incredibly solid. So it's, like, kind of uh, – I'm a, I'm a wee bit concerned. I'm always concerned about the Matilda's defence. It's, like, never not, you know, manifesting in my body in terms of anxiety <laughs> or anything like that, I think. But – um. Uh, on the, the question of defence as well, I, I was kind of intrigued to see Ivy Lewick is in this squad as well. Not because I don't like her. I love watching Ivy Lewick play and I think she's a great player, but um, it I don't know how much to take from this in terms of this being the squad that we're likely to see at the World Cup and if we are going to see Ivy Lewick at the World Cup as well because um, everything's kind of indicated that this is slowly 
this is like the foundation of the consolidated squad that Tony would be looking to play at 2023. So he said that, you know, there's people can still have a look in, but this is largely going to be it, this, mm. this squad that we have at the moment. But then I thought Lewick was kind of just like a break glass and emergency kind of call back into the squad for the Asian Cup. So it is interesting. She's great in the sense like she can play in that sixth role and she's also a centre-back and we always need centre-backs, but then it's um, in terms of like a long-term solution and I don't know if there's been any indication as to whether that's that she's she's back ever. I, don't I mean, know I mean maybe it is a sort of a, a, a paste over in, in terms of waiting for Elise Keller Knight. It's waiting for KK. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. at the moment, like but, the only other natural number six that we've got really is Claire Wheeler and mm. Wheeler is still pretty new, I suppose, in this kind of at this level of football. So having that, like that sort of makes sense to me if if Lewick is sort of staying here as we wait for KK to get back to international speed and hopefully be reincorporated to the Matildas over the next I, two windows. I don't, I does, I do agree with Andrew in the sense that it's confusing to see Ivy Lewick list as a back because I don't think Ivy Lewick at centre-back is a realistic option against Canada. Um, doesn't have the height for a Christine Sinclair and doesn't have the speed to go with some of their others. Like, and we saw that at times, I think. That said, we can say all this and we're probably just going to see Alana Kennedy and Claire Polkinghorne line up at centre-back. Yeah. So yeah. Also, yeah. Of course we, we can will. Say, we say all these things. But um, just one thing on Ivy Lewick, pretty impressive that she's, doing so well for Hacken and scored when you think how difficult it was for Dylan Holmes to go over to the same club and break in at all. Like it's yeah. shows her longevity and what an impressive player she's been for, for such a long time. But I digress. I'm going to be interested to see how actually Alana Kennedy and Claire Polkinghorn go, given we haven't seen them playing yeah. together for a long time. It's yep. this whole team's not really, you know, as much as we say it, it's getting the band, the band back together. It really is. Like we haven't seen a lot of these senior players play together since New Zealand. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to actually see the chemistry and how things flow and how these players gel because not many of them obviously um, played in those games against Spain and Portugal. I do have one question for you all. Does Tegan Micah start in goal? Because that's yes. what I think we should see. Yes. That's all I, I like. I, I think I would like that, but I think Lids will start. Like I think the first game. Or like maybe a game each. Like, I feel I like Tegan Micah deserves a go to go first, right? Like exactly. rather than a half with Mackenzie Arnold or, yeah. you know, like she, I feel like she's earned the right to get first crack, right? Like, oh I yeah, yeah. She's, I think she's agree. a better goalkeeper. She's at the moment, she's the best goalkeeper that we've got on, in terms of form, in terms of performances that we've seen over the last probably six to eight months. I, I, I really rate Tegan, but maybe that's just me and my, like the kind of style of goalkeeper that I like, but I always feel so much safer when she's there. And she's been in season, right? She's only just finished her her Swedish season and she's been playing, whereas Lydia and Mackenzie had just been in um, pre-season really. And Lids is obviously at a new club, which is fantastic because she needs to be a a first choice goalkeeper, which needs to be playing regularly to actually Mm. contend, which I don't think has been the case the past two years, albeit you've had, you know, things like, Micah being injured. Um, I think you need to have your goalkeeper playing every week. I think that's what what we need to see. But no, I, I'm I'm very much in favour of I think Tegan Micah should get first dig at it. And if she does well, she should keep the gloves. I think with we're if we're narrowing down, it's um, I'm anxious, Marissa. No, I just think it's really telling that that conversation was should Tegan Micah start or maybe she should or Lids should 
Arnold comes into that conversation way, way later, like that (laughs) very telling. Mm. Um, And also while we were having Ivy Lewick chat, I imagined all of a sudden um, similar to the Art of Football Beth Mead Revenge Tour T-shirt, the Ivy John Farnham Lewick I'm Not Retired (laughs) World Tour T-shirt. Someone make it happen. Not me. You. Oh, I'm, not, okay. I don't, I'm not artistic enough to actually, like, I just have the ideas. Someone who's actually creative, go forth and make the Ivy John Farnham Lewick I'm Not Retired World Tour t-shirt. I think it would be fantastic. I would buy <laughs> if that. If she's still pulling out the classics, if she's still got the voice, then Literally, why would you want go? That's it. I'm just like, the part of me is it doesn't just apply to the national team career because, like, I swear to God, I blinked and all of a sudden she was in Sweden. She was in Italy right before that. She was in Spain right before that. Like, genuine world tour we love. (laughs) I suppose just to wrap things up, you guys have kind of started the conversation so it doesn't need to be anything sort of expansive, but just zooming out, 2023 looming over these games, Sam pre-record said, yeah, it's 10 months to go till the World Cup. And I like so had um, the, the flesh melted off my face. I was just like, <laughs> what do you mean 10 months? We Visual. have, yeah, well, it's an audio format. I need to paint a picture with my words. <laughs> you sure did. You sure did. <laughs> but you know what? Like I, I had a panic basically. Um, But, you know, there are very few windows left. Canada Mm. are a huge opponent. So in terms of 2023, what do we need to see? What do we want to see? What do we absolutely not want to see? Because I feel like each of those boxes needs to be addressed in some sort of capacity. So floor is open, friends. Oh, yeah. So I I was asked this question on the ABC Sport Daily podcast um, this week as well. And I think off the back of speaking with Gustafsson, speaking with Legazzo, speaking with Caitlin Ford, I think the thing that we want to see most is a consistent performance in terms of style. Like Mm. it may not result in a win on the score sheet, but if we can see the performance has improved compared with the last couple of windows, I think people will be okay with that. And also given the nature of the opponent, even though, yes, they don't have their best defenders and X, Y, Z, given who they are, given what they've just come off the back of, they're in really good form. They're also preparing for this World Cup. They're going to be going through their own things as well. So I think if we focus on ourselves and if we focus on trying to implement the kinds of principles that it seems like Tony has been talking about um, since he took over the job and we actually see that manifest in a 90-minute performance rather than in patches, which is sort of what we've seen over the last year, you know, against Brazil, against the USA, against New Zealand, if we can see a full game of that, I will personally be very happy. And I think a lot of other people will feel much more comfortable about what's happening. I agree with that, Sam. I think people need to see a good style. I think to go to Marissa's worst case scenario, it's seeing what we saw um, maybe in the second USA game in Newcastle, you know, where Claire Wheeler did the tackle and we scrounged mm. a draw, mm. playing ugly football where you don't really understand what the style is and then also not getting a good result. I think that's yeah. the worst possible situation because you you just go, well, what, what's happened here? I, that, that is the worst possible <laughs> case scenario is it's bad football, bad result. There you go. Um, I think I'm, I'm with Sam there. You've got to see like a good style, a positive style, a coherent style across these two games. And that also leads into Sweden in November, right? Mm. Um, you've got to see a consistent style, that attacking play, 
Um, I think you got to see our forwards actually able to break down a good defence, which has been a query, as I said earlier, over this team for a long time, right? Because we know the quality's there. These players do it for their club team. It's showing that this attack, which is so full of talent. I know Kaya Simon's not there and she's very creative, but there's enough creativity and enough talent and enough spark there to to, to test any defence, really. Um, I think there's got to be at least a draw, to be honest. I don't think you want to walk away, especially from the first game, with anything less than a draw, and a win is obviously preferable to that because Canada are good and they were fantastic in the Olympics, yes. But, you know, on paper and on form, at least over the past few years, Matilda's at home should be able to take it to them. So I think you're expecting at least draws from these games. Pushing for wins, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to get them because, as we know, Canada are a very good team. Um, but yeah, I think obviously the ideal is win or at least draw in a very positive game style. No cheap and easy goals. I think that's quite disheartening. Um, mm. And I think bar seeing those games with the understrength teams against Spain and Portugal started to cut that out a bit. Um, but yeah, I think positive game style in short, positive game style, positive results, seeing, um, you know, these creative players able to break down a defence, that will be really positive. And as long as you're actually seeing steps and, you know, progression, That's I think that's all you can really ask for. Um, so, yeah, and hopefully we'll see a couple of players bob up and do something a bit special, whether it's a Claire Wheeler, whether it's a Courtney Vine. Um, see someone, Alex Chidiak is the one that Angela was obviously really excited about. See a couple of these players do something that makes you really, really excited, right? I was going to say, I don't want to see injuries I know that we don't have yeah. much control over that. Well, we, there is a certain degree of control in terms of, you know, managing play load, blah, blah, blah. Um, that FIFA 11. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I want to see them doing their FIFA 11 in full, <laughs> very thorough. Um, and I, I would like to see some bangers. I just, I, I don't know, like basically piggybacking off what Anna said, seeing some stuff that's like going to get people excited about this team for 2023 mm. um, because there's so much to be excited about. There's so many like great names and young players in this side as well, who look to be like in it now, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, like getting the hype up around the Tillies as well, which is, I guess, a bit of a bigger project than just what the team are doing, but bangers help with that. I, I like, I just want to see them have fun. You know what I mean? Because it's sort of like, like it sounds a bit lame, but they always play better when they have fun. And in the Asian Cup, that didn't really feel fun. New Zealand sort of did. Spain, Portugal didn't really feel fun. And I think like we sort of feel that as fans. We watch this team and we know that they're not having a, an amazing time out there on the field. So I'd just like, I'd love to see just that energy brought back because. That's why people love the Matildas, you know, like, yeah, sometimes they're successful, but it's, we love them because of the way that they play and the way that they make us feel when they play, you know? So I'd like to see that come back. I think. I like that, Sam. I think, I think these players play better when they're having fun, when they're having a good time. You look at Sam Kerr at Chelsea, for example, she just looks like she's enjoying herself. Caitlin Ford at Arsenal, Steph Catley at Arsenal. Um, the girls that have been playing in Scandinavia all look like they enjoy themselves. And that's what you want to see. I know there's a degree of pressure, but there is also 
the fact that these are friendlies. We're trying to get our best football happening before the World Cup. And if the players are actually, you know, it's, if it's a good environment, they're, they're enjoying themselves, they're enjoying playing together. And that's something that you love seeing when Mary Fowler plays. I think you can tell she just loves to play. Yeah. And when she play, gets to play with that freedom and without the pressure on her, I think she plays her best. So, yeah, hopefully we see them, you know, enjoying themselves and the results sort of come of that. Because I think that's how, you know, besides all the defensive solidity and taking their opportunities when it counted, that was something that really ran through Canada's run to gold, right, at the Olympics. They enjoyed being around each other. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we see that that come through. Home crowds, um, you know, not, you know, it's not it's a, it's a different vibe to New Zealand games where they were expected to win, you know, and yeah. win convincingly and had to sort of scrap it out at least <laughs> results-wise. This is a game where it's meant to be difficult, but this is what it should be like in a year's time, right? Where you've got difficult games, but you've got the home crowd at your back. There's excitement, and hopefully we see that come through. The the key word for me there was just progress. Like we need to see that progress. And something that I think, Sam, you mentioned pre-record, which is the most reassuring thing I have heard about the Matildas in this World Cup in many moons was we don't want to be peaking now. So if yeah. we see the good performance, but maybe we don't blow the entire world away, that's going to be awesome because that means yes. we're not peaking now, but we're on our way. So I hope we don't want to peak now is just as reassuring for you listeners as it was for me because, oh boy, it was very, very calming to hear, to be honest <laughs> with you all. Yeah, we don't want to peak now, but we want to see that we're getting towards it, that peak, right? Progression is never linear, got- but you want to see a few of mm-hmm. the ups and a few less of the yeah. The downs. Oh, I'm ripping mm. this and using it with my PhD supervisors, to be honest. I'm not thinking <laughs> now, guys, but there's progress. It's not linear. <laughs> it's not linear. To be honest, they, they, they're lovely. So they'd probably be like, yeah, that's fine. Like, oh, goodness. But that is the preview. Of the Canada Games, they are very soon. Like, I was getting emails from Jetstar like, you're going to be in Brisbane soon. And I'm like, oh, crap, I really, really am. So that game, September 3rd at Suncorp Stadium, 2.45pm Australian Eastern Standard Time kickoff. If you are not in Brisbane, you can catch that on 10 and 10 play. And then the game in Sydney on Tuesday, September 6th at the Allianz Stadium, 7.40pm kickoff, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And once again, 10 and 10 play if you aren't in Sydney. Pretty sure there's still lots of tickets available and $1 from every ticket sold goes to the Paramatildas, which we absolutely love to see. So get around those. The game in Melbourne is also on sale. So get your tickets to see the Tillies in Melbourne up against Sweden in November. Basically just buy all your tickets now and have a great time for the rest of the year. But that's us done for today. We'll obviously talk about these games once they are one and done. And as always, you can find us on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the usual pod spots. Leave a review, subscribe if you like what we do. If you'd like to have a chat to us, we are at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, go Tillies and see us. That was an interesting one from me. <laughs>